This episode of the Nerdball Podcast is sponsored by Jake Paluski at Real JP Multimedia. He does the music for this podcast. He has produced this podcast. If you need anything audiovisual done, he is the man to see at realjp.com, R-E-E-L-J-P.com. You may have noticed my brand new logo. It was designed and created by Melanie at Cuttlefish Graphics. I was looking to rebrand my podcast, and Cuttlefish Graphics made the process so easy. The finished look of the logo and the professional files I received were amazing. On top of logos, Cuttlefish Graphics offers professional branding and websites. I could not be happier with the job that they did. To start your next project, email Melanie at CuttlefishGraphics.com. Mention you heard this ad on the Nerdball Podcast and receive a $50 discount on a new logo design. That's CuttlefishGraphics.com. C-U-T-T-L-E, FishGraphics.com. Let's start the show. Hello, my name is Jack Bowie. I'm a Perrysburg student-athlete and host of The Jack Bowie Show. And this is the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Well, Jack, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, I first heard of you in the newspaper, actually. Okay. Uh, I think it was the Sentinel, where someone wrote something about uh, your podcast. Uh, tell tell my listeners a little bit about what your podcast is about. So I started a podcast in November, and it was uh, called Inside the Four Thirty Five. And uh, since I get this question a lot, I'll explain the name. Uh, there's four hundred and thirty five members of the House of Representatives, so that's where the name came from. And I started it just after the election. Um, and it was sort of a political news podcast, commentary type thing. And uh, did that for about six months. We got to like 35 episodes, mm-hmm. interviewed some great guests, and we just changed the name to The Jack Bowie Show. Okay, so it was, it's all, it was all political stuff before. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you were always interested in? And obviously some, somewhat of an interest, but is that a newer interest or is that something you've always liked? I've always been interested in government. Uh, the lit... The, Earliest I can remember was probably uh, third grade when I really liked um, government. That's when we first started to learn about stuff. And then my interest in politics grew. I started to watch the news a lot um, for multiple years. And, you know, eighth grade, seventh grade was probably the biggest. Um, and then ninth grade, we had American government. So yeah. that's, that's a great class. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much been a very long, long time. Yeah. And do and you find that, I know I find it, um, unique that someone your age are, are you a freshman or sophomore i'm a freshman okay yeah, yeah someone your age that that really go, dives into it because normally it's it's either surface level stuff or it's uh whatever my parents tell me you know right right and that's a big part of it um is parental influence and i started to i think think for myself within the last couple of years mm-hmm. um and it it's a newer concept, I think, this like political activism in in younger people. Yeah, definitely, it, it's really starting to grow, um, mm-hmm. like we've never seen before, um, and it's really unorthodox. But I think it's important because the perspective is, is completely different. I mean, we we talk about a lot in class. Are uh, we we kind of put ourselves on the political spectrum, and then we look at the numbers, and you know, it's a it's a whole new perspective as younger people. Yeah, and and I think that's good. I think because I know when I was your age, I. I didn't care really, uh, and I think it's good that that's happening now, because 
you know, and, and I was wrong. You know, I was probably wrong. I should have cared at least somewhat. You know, maybe not everyone's going to be like you, but have some sort of understanding of what's happening because it is affecting you. And you might and you can't vote about things, um, but you can you can educate yourself and educate um, kids your age. So when you are able to actually decide things right away, your first time to vote when you're 18, you're super educated. You know what you're doing. You know which way you're going. And it, it just makes the process a lot better. Right. And I think... It seems so far away, like us voting. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually look at it, we are about three years away, which means in the next presidential election, um, a large majority of our freshman class will be able to vote. Yeah. And for people to just pretend like it's not that big of a deal and you know wait to the last minute, I think it reflects poorly on our on our voting population. I think it's it's much better if we can educate ourselves and you know figure out what we what we believe in mm-hmm. and i think that's important to start early on yeah do, do you get um and frustrated might not be the right word but do you feel some sort of way about adults who aren't as as educated as you and are able to vote you're like come on i know all this stuff and you don't know anything and you get to vote you know well i think yeah a little <laughs> yeah. a little bit i'd say yes i do um it is frustrating sometimes um not because I disagree with people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have no problem disagreeing with people. Yeah. Um, but when I disagree with somebody and um, they really, I can tell they, they don't know what they're talking about, yeah. it can be frustrating. But, <laughs> but the majority of adults that I meet um, know what they're talking about and believe what they believe for a reason. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so so it, when you say um, we, we, you said we recently changed. Who's, who's the we in this? Because it's, it's you on the podcast, but who else is involved? Right. So it's mostly me, but I also have people I go to who have been guests on the show who really help a lot with the show okay. um, to make sure that kind of we are all on board. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want the show to be completely about me. Mm-hmm. Um, a guest I've had on multiple times, he was an old soccer friend. His name is Ali, and he um, helps a, a ton whenever I come to him saying, there's something I need your opinion on. Can you come on the show? He's always available. Um, another friend, Myra Smith, um, she always comes on the show and she helps with a lot. She was our social media um, manager for a while. But I think it's very important to do this with other people mm-hmm. because it's it's not easy. You know, for I do all of the editing and I do all the recording on my own yep. and planning. But it's nice to have some people to talk to because sitting there talking to yourself can be tough. Um, <laughs> That's very tough. And I was going to ask you about that because... I know that's something for me. It's it's hard to do. I've I did I did an update episode because my schedule's so crazy right now. I can't get episodes out like I want to. So I did an up, update episode. I talked for a few minutes and it felt like forever because right. there's no one just like bouncing stuff off and just having a conversation. So, but you do that um, not like regularly, but sometimes it's it's you by yourself talking, right? Right. The majority of my episodes are me by myself. I okay. did 35 episodes. Um, I had some friends who were guests for like f- six or seven. Yeah. And then I had three interviews. Um, and so it's a lot of talking to myself Yeah. and I'll tell you what, I have a clock in the top left corner that, that, uh, you know, times the recording length Uh and it doesn't really move a whole lot (laughs) when I'm, when I'm recording, (laughs) there is not a whole lot of action with that timer Yeah. and it, you know, I'll talk about five different topics. Usually I talk about three and I look at the clock and it's like eight minutes Yeah. I'm like, all right. So I kind (laughs) of moved more into this like 15 minute format Mm -hmm. unless I have a guest. Do you have a schedule, like how many episodes you put out, or it's just like when I get an episode, when I have one, I put it out? Well, I'll be honest, I'm doing very poorly right now. I haven't <laughs> uploaded an episode in like three weeks, and a lot of okay. that is due to the uh, process of changing our name okay. and getting everything ready for that. Um, and you're involved in, uh, I mean, you're, you play tennis right, right, right. now. So yeah. I've also had tennis going on, and yeah. uh, I found out 
well, we we had a our pr- tennis practice on Friday get canceled, and mm-hmm. at lunch, uh, I found out from a friend that tennis is over, and I kind of looked at my calendar. I'm like, whoa, tennis is over. <laughs> wow. So now I guess I have time to focus more and kind of yeah. really get it started again. Um, but a lot of opportunities have arised from it, so I really want to keep it going. Yeah. So uh, are you able to talk about some of those things that are coming up or yeah, opportunities? I probably can. So I've got um, multiple messages from. Uh, people who are running for public office awesome uh, wanting to be interviewed awesome i've got messages from people who are um yeah so they're pursuing government positions they're already in government Mm -hmm. um or they're hosting events that they want me to come to yeah and those are i've got you know some of that stuff coming up and um especially towards the election i think i'm gonna have a lot of uh candidates on my on my show so that'd be sweet you know and that that always makes i know it makes me feel good when someone reaches out like hey i heard your podcast um, I think I'd be a good guest, you know, because it, it's like, okay, I'm either A, I'm doing something right, like people enjoy it, or B, the people that are enjoying it, they're telling other people. And mm-hmm. that's obviously that's the easiest way for a podcast to get popular is like, hey, did you check out the Jack Bowie show? You know, it's it's um, it's it's really cool. If you're into this stuff, it's it's uh, it's really cool, you know, but it's it's for anybody. And that obviously that's the best way for a podcast to spread. And I really enjoy that. If someone enjoys my podcast enough to tell somebody else, then that's, you know, it makes me feel so good. Right. Word of mouth is the best and mm-hmm. easiest um, advertisement. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's free. Yep. And um, people trust it more when it comes from a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and like your show, I like the atmosphere that it has within like, it's got this like Perrysburg sports, um, Perrysburg schools, like um, sort of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of building in the school. Yeah. And I think that really helps to start to grow outward. And you're getting a lot of people on the show that everyone knows. You know, yes. we know the the student athletes that you're having on. We know the teachers that you have on. Um, so we are able to talk about it, and everybody kind of relates to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been harder to do with my show because not everyone relates to politics. Yes. Um, but the people who do, I find, are very passionate about it, and they're willing to talk about it, come on the show. Um, you know, and I did a call-in segment. I was very nervous about that. I'm like, what are people going to come say? Because I don't trust everybody. Yeah. Um, but it went very well, and I had multiple, you know. That's awesome. It was like an hour long, and I don't think I ever had a moment when I didn't have a call. So it, that, you know, helped. I, I realized people who are passionate about it mm-hmm. are willing to come out and talk. See, I'd be afraid to do that because I would. I, my thought would be like, man, I don't think anybody's going to call. Like, <laughs> right, right. Afraid, yeah. that, that was what I was afraid of. And I, I texted one person. I'm like, if nobody calls, you're calling. And, <laughs> yeah, and, you had a backup plan. Right. That's good, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also had a script in front of me. I'm like, if nobody calls, I got these things to talk about. Yeah. Um, but it went well. Uh, I think I'll do it again yeah. in the future. That's awesome. Um, but yeah. But what what you're right about, you know, especially kids your age being into politics and, that, politics and that kind of stuff. But, you know, when you start a podcast, it takes a while to figure out who your audience is. And the easiest audience to have is the people around you. And maybe in your case, it, it doesn't help that that they're not into what you're into so you just got to find what your audience is and because it is political based you have those politicians reaching out to you and you just have a different audience and you gotta you gotta um you know go towards that you know and and the other people will listen because they know you or your parents or you know in my case my parents don't listen very often but i have two podcasts they listen to the other one so that's all right right but but you just have to i know that that's hard for me because someone asked me when i had um, an advertiser on here, like, who's your audience? And I had to think because I was like, I think it's pretty wide um, because of, of of people like you and other student athletes, and then you know, Mr. Hostler and and um, the football coaches and that kind of stuff. But but it, it was a weird question to try to answer because I didn't really know. Right, I didn't know when I first started. I thought 
my audience would just be my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I started, I think I had a pretty weird way of starting it. I did an Instagram live stream with a friend to talk about um, the election. Mm-hmm. At, you know, it was kind of, uh, I think it was like the day before they called the race. And we, we talked about what we thought was going to happen, what would happen if what we thought was going to happen happened, all that stuff. And yeah. it lasted like an hour and a half. And we had so many people come in and talk about it. I'm like, I can't do an Instagram live stream every week because yeah. it didn't give me like the the gratification like that something that i could show for it and it was kind of just something that happened mm-hmm. um and nobody really watched you know replays or anything so it, it is an instant gratification though because right. you're seeing like oh there's people and that these people are listening these people are listening right yeah. so i'm able to um get something out of it immediately mm-hmm. instead of but like starting a podcast is very hard mm-hmm. um i'm sure you know that when you first start it almost Nobody listens, mm-hmm. and you have to just keep talking to yourself for you know multiple episodes until people start wanting to pawn, and then you just have conversations with people no one listens to. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and, and you have to do it because you love to do it, right? And yeah. I thought about it, you know, for a while. What do I like more, podcasting or politics? Mm-hmm. And I, at this moment, I think it's probably podcasting. Like yeah. I've I've had shows with my cousin. We talked about the draft, um, the NFL draft two mm-hmm. years ago. Um, you know, I've always been interested in it mm-hmm. and i could be on the podcast side of youtube for hours and you know not not know that i've <laughs> wasted my life yeah but i think you have to like both because podcasting is it's a definitely a uphill battle yeah and, and i think the i think people people are like oh it's easy just get a microphone and record yourself like yes that's you know i think the easy part is is to get the stuff because there's a wide range of equipment you can buy. You can buy a microphone and just plug it in the, the side of your computer and go ahead, you know. But then they don't think about um, editing, you know, getting a, a podcasting host site. Um, what is my podcast going to be about? I talk, I'm talk. i talking to other people about producing podcasts for them, and that's why I tell them. I go, you got to have your content because if you don't, no one's going to listen. No one's going to listen at the beginning anyway unless you're unless it's like super specific on what you're doing. Um, but you got to have your content. And I told them for, for this kind of podcast or for yours when you have guests, that's easy because they're the content. You just got to be a good interview person. You got to be able to listen and speak, you know. But um, starting the podcast as an idea, it seems easy. But you're right. It is. There's a lot more involved. Right. And I knew um, that, that that topic is has got to be the hardest part. Yeah. Like I had, you know, an NFL podcast three episodes in, I'm like, this isn't going to work. I'm telling you, even if we're incredible at this, this is never going to happen because there's literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts dedicated to the NFL. Mm -hmm. There are very limited um, 15-year-olds doing political podcasts. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Probably for good reason, but there's there's not a whole lot. Yeah. And um, especially, you know, being able to get these guests on. My my best episodes are always when I've got people who people know. Yeah. um, Of course. But those episodes do the best. And it's great that people are willing to come on the show mm-hmm. because that's what kind of keeps me above water. Um, and that, that's been really helpful. Yeah. And again, when they want to, that's, that's like when I ask, I always, I ask these people expecting people to say no. Um, but when I asked Mr. Hostler and he was like, yeah, you know, let's pick a date. And I, and I, I just, my heart exploded. I'm like, yes, you know, right. this is someone, someone that I know and someone that a lot of people know, like you said, it helps. Yeah, I know. couldn't. I honestly could not believe he said yes because <laughs> I sent him a message and then he didn't respond. So ten days later, I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask um, Mr. Pullman, the president of the school board, mm-hmm. because uh, everyone's been talking about the school board all yeah. year. Yep. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to have him come on the show. And I'm at the gym, and they both message me back within five minutes of each other. Oh, wow. And I'm like, they definitely talked. <laughs> uh, 
I'd say something happened there. Yeah. Um, and then I talked to them later, and they said they had to go through their, uh, you know, PR team and all that to make mm-hmm. sure that I wasn't gonna embarrass them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was really great. That was kind of my how I could get you know my name out there. Mm-hmm. People knew who I was, and then I was able to interview Mr. Cookson, and that was really cool because people cared about who he was. Yeah. Um. You know, they wanted, they were interested in that. And, uh, you know, now I'm starting to get people asking me to be in- interviewed, which yeah. is pretty sweet. I'm excited for, for Mr. Cookson, too, because I, I was I was in Perrysburg when he was a teacher. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I like um, doing stuff in interviews or in, in person. So I'm waiting. I'm going to wait for him to, to move here if he hasn't moved here already, but reach out to him. But um, I uh, having guests is so much fun because these people, you know, like on a surface level, or, or not, maybe not even in some cases, and to, to learn so much about him. I, I had a friend, uh, Rob Wagner was on my podcast. He's a, a guy I went to high school with. He was a senior when I was a junior. And I knew some stuff because we ran track together. And then, but to, for him to like go into this life story and go into all the stuff I didn't know about, it, and that's for me, that's my favorite part. Like, I don't, sometimes I don't care if people listen because that was awesome for me. You know, obviously I want people to listen. And then when you get messages saying like, oh, that was cool. I didn't know that. Or that was a really great guest. You know, that's another, you know, feather in my cap. I think I'm doing something well. Right. I mentioned this before the show, but like um, certain shows like the Joe Rogan experience, I love the intimate like conversation Mm -hmm. and things you learn about a person. I did one episode um, that had nothing to do with politics at all. And that was actually originally called the Jack Bowie show. I was going to have a non-political show called the Jack Bowie show. And we did one episode and I did that with Caleb Latart. And that was the best and it went like two and a half hours yeah. <laughs> it was the best two and a half hours ever i mean yeah. we had we had such a great conversation um and i you know i'll be honest with you caleb i had no idea what you were like yeah. but i did not think it was that and we were able to have deep conversations about something neither of us knew mm-hmm. um that the other was interested in and that was very fun but i don't i think it's harder to get people on board with that and i realized after that episode People would rather sit and listen to me talk about politics for 15 minutes than listen to a conversation with me and my friend for two and a half hours. Nobody's got that time. So I realized a lot about my audience. Mm-hmm. They um, come for the politics um, or they come for me sitting there talking and they come for about 15, 20 minutes. Okay, yeah. Um, so you kind of structure your episode around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use Anchor because I don't have a whole lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and it, it works fine for me. Um, I don't you know, need a lot of... Uh, you know, the bells and whistles that, you know, Libsyn or Blueberry have. Mm-hmm. So I use Anchor, and um, it actually gives me a lot of, uh, you know, a, d- a decent amount of audience analytics. Nice. So those are very um, useful. I like that, too. I, I use Podbean, and I like, you know, looking at the charts and the numbers and where people are listening from. And every once in a while, like, you get a different country. And I always wonder, mm-hmm. I was like, how'd that happen? You know, when me and my buddy were doing the podcast, it was something totally different. It was the same name, but something different. And for, I think it was like, I don't know, six, six or eight episodes, there was somebody in like Spain listening. And I was like, how did they, how did that, you know, come, come to be? And it, it's just weird to me that, and, and every episode we would like read, like say something to them, like, please reach out. We want to know like how, you know, how you came about this podcast, but it never happened, but it's cool to see all those different things, you know? Right. Um, I, I mean, I look at my anchor stuff and I've got uh, you know, some people in like the UK mm-hmm. and I've got Canada and UK are probably my two biggest foreign countries. Um, but then I also like to look at just the, the simple stuff like the, um, the gender category. Mm-hmm. And then I actually posted, um, the pie chart of my gender on my, uh, cause it was very close, like between uh, female and male. And yeah. I posted that on my Instagram and I'm like, uh, the men have 
a week to beat the women or <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> and it and it worked. It actually did work. Yeah. I got I had a bunch of guys listen to five minutes of my show just so they could win. <laughs> Um, There's nothing like competition. Oh no, that yeah. was that was definitely yeah. I knew I could get a bunch of guys to want to win <laughs> yeah. <at> something. <laughs> so that was probably the the most unique advertising experience I've had. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's really interesting. You got to find your audience and kind of nail it down and don't veer away too much. Because when I did that uh, conversation interview episode, didn't do too well, but mm-hmm. it was fun. So. You know, and sometimes you do those things just for you. You know, mm-hmm. like like I used to do stand up comedy, and there were several jokes that. Or I wouldn't say several, but there was um, some jokes that I would do, and every time I would do it in my brain, I'm like, I go, there, it's not going to go well. But but after it didn't get any laughs or or maybe a few laughs, I would say like that was just for me. I like I love that joke, so I'm gonna keep telling it, and I'll figure out a way to, to for the audience to like it at some point. But same thing with some of these episodes, like you again, you have to love podcasting. And sometimes you do one of those episodes because you like to do it. And if it's not for your audience, it's not for your audience. And maybe they say something about it. I'm like, hey, you know, that one's just for me. Or when you're, I don't, I don't know how, when you're like uh, ending the interview or ending the podcast, and you're like, hey, everyone might not like that, but I know I loved it or whatever, you know. Right. Um, and I realized something as well. Like once you do 35 episodes or a bunch of episodes, I don't know how many you've done, um, but I know it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a time, and I think this probably more applies to me since I'm alone. There's a time where you really do not want to make an episode. Oh, and, and that happens all the all time. The time. And, yeah. I, and I talk to people who say, uh, you know, I always love it. I never, I always want to do an episode. And I'm like, nah, you're, no, that's not true. No way. And it's not because of me, me saying I don't want to do episodes. It's not because of the people I have coming on. It's right. just, it's just, man, I just don't feel like, like doing right. it right now. And I had a, and I'll tell here, this is going to sound crazy because, you know, podcasters <laughs> like, kind of understand this i had a daily show for a while and that was the crazy i mean i had school every day i don't know what i was thinking (laughs) so then i went to like twice a week and Uh twice a week was a lot more manageable yeah but um you know that's also another part of it realizing what you can do and what you have time for i did a daily show for three days i'm like yeah no no way it didn't take very long to figure out like this is not like this is not happening and i cannot get people used to me up making an episode every day yeah um so i do one one two times a week okay um and then every once in a while, if I miss a week, I'll, I'll get a text from one or two people like, you know, where's the episode? And mm-hmm. the funniest part is I might have, I'd say my, it's, they're not my biggest fan base, but they're like the biggest fans okay. are probably like my teachers. And oh, that, nice. that's really funny. Yeah. Um, teachers I have yeah. n- that I don't have, never had. <laughs> I don't know their name. Yeah. We'll just ask, you know, yo, what's up with the pod? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but. Like, man, I wanted I wanted to enjoy a good dinner last night. I just didn't feel like doing it. You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, my teachers are they talk about it a lot, and That's I'll have good. I'll have random teachers just yeah. come up to me and say something about it. I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's it's going good. Thanks, man. Um, you know, I I found a schedule is important not only for for you for the person doing a podcast, but also for listeners to know they can. Like for me, it's every Monday morning, every Thursday morning. There's gonna be an episode. You know, but because springtime for me is so hectic with both my kids are playing baseball and I volunteer at other things, my job, then I, then f- I think it's important for it was important for me to put an episode out. It was like I said, it was like three minutes to give them an update what's happening. And this is why it's not going to be as regular as, as it is, you know, but eventually I'll get back to it. It's just it's just uh, I owe it to my listeners that the loyal ones that do listen every day. 
uh, or every you know two times a week to let them know like hey this is happening and i'm sorry right um and i noticed when i would um if i if i would miss episodes i would usually just post something on my social media because that gets you know yeah hundreds of of notices Mm -hmm. and i would get you know maybe 20 people in the first day look at my podcast so i realized that's easier but also i realized when i changed my schedule the views dropped dramatically Mm -hmm. um uh for the hostler interview i said it was going to happen at i think 6 p.m and it happened at 6 p.m and i had hundreds of people on uh the cookson interview i said it was going to happen at 6 p.m i had a tennis match it happened at seven almost nobody listened oh wow at at that time because people i i think they block out almost time they're like mm-hmm. at this time i'm just gonna check you know check in see what's up if i like it i might stay mm-hmm. um but i changed it by an hour and i gave it pretty good notice i let everybody know but really nobody looked at it until yeah. after like the, the replay and everything yeah yeah and 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 you're gonna have that and that's just um if this isn't if this isn't your job it's gonna change it's never gonna be the same all the time because there's other things that are more important to to what what you're doing like tennis um or school or even you know family things like mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's not going to happen once once uh, and hopefully you know if this is something you want to do and get paid for hopefully this happens for you once it becomes a, an income and and this is a top priority then that's when there's there's more pressure but there's also more time right my goal would be to make a little bit of money from it mm-hmm. um I don't want to do it as a job. I would like to do it as a kind of a maybe a side job. Okay. Because I've always wanted to be a lawyer. But awesome. um the the show doesn't make really much money. People ask me like how much money do you make? And I start sort of kinda explain where my money comes from and how much I'm making and then I think about it and I go, Yeah, no, I don't I don't make money from it. <laughs> <laughs> I start to get into like once I start uh you know really emphasizing how many cents I have as well, mm-hmm. uh, then I'm like, Yeah, no, I don't make money. <laughs> I'm like, also, also you don't think about and they don't think about your time right. doing doing the podcast and editing and social media stuff like all that is if it was your job you would be paying yourself for that kind mm-hmm. of stuff so, so yeah really uh, mo- most likely I know for me like I'm in the hole you know mm-hmm. overall yeah. because oh, yeah, of time sure. because of time really and because know? of equipment yeah. I mean if I had to go through time and equipment like let's say I'm making minimum let's say I pay myself minimum wage yeah. and I add all my equipment and I I'm at least a grand in the hole. Your checks are bouncing, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it's not good. The bank's gonna be calling. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's not easy, mm-hmm. especially when you're. My only um, like motivator is just the, having the show, just doing be, it, being able to uh, enjoy doing the show, being able to uh, see others enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. That's my only motivator. Uh, I've, you know, especially when someone's like, "How much you made from it? Six bucks?" I'm like, "No, six fifty. You know, uh, I'm like, "Yeah." There's not a whole lot of money in it. Yeah. And, oh, and you can't withdraw to like 50 bucks anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> so really, it's not even yours. Not really, nope. <laughs> yeah. Anchor goes out of business and I lose all the money. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But 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 you're right. It's doing it just to do it. Um, get your information that you want to get out to people um, is important to you. And that's the only number one thing. I had a friend of mine who said... Who post made a po- uh, Facebook post said how, uh, he was kind of half joking. He said, um, "How do people uh, f- make money from their passion?" You know, I want one of those, and and I just told him, I said, "I said, man, you do it, you do it because you love to do it, and and if you make money, that's the you know the uh, 
icing on the cake, right? right? I'm doing it because I love to do it. It's I have time to do it. And if someone says, I'll pay you X amount of money to be an advertiser, cool. I'll mm-hmm. take it. You know, If no one ever does, then that's fine too because I'm still out here doing what I want to do. Right. I've had um, my biggest income sources have been like merchandise. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's like $5 a t-shirt I usually get. And uh, so I made 20 bucks from that, but it's because I bought stuff. And okay. my family bought me stuff. <laughs> so when my family buys me like a t-shirt, mm-hmm. I get a t-shirt and five bucks. It's mm. pretty nice. Um, it's a good deal right there. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and I, when it comes to like sponsorships, I've had uh, only a few, mm-hmm. and I've they've never I've never been paid for them. I've had one sponsorship with Streamyard, where um, I got their like gold membership, which is like fifty bucks a month. Okay, you know, out of this world for like two months. Okay, um, and that's how I was able to do some you know of the special effects with you know my hustler interview and stuff like that. Nice. Um, but that was more of just a convenience thing. Yeah. And I guess I technically it was like a hundred dollar sponsorship. Um. But sponsors, they come in time, mm-hmm. and they you know come and go. Um, you know, there's there's the sponsors that actually pay you to advertise a product. Then there's the affiliates who basically do nothing, and you get people to buy a crappy product, and you get some money from it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't really work. But um, you know, I do, I do think <laughs> think it's funny being able to say we're sponsored by this company. Yeah, knowing you know knowing full well that means nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, and that's why, like, for me, the the few sponsors I had is, is my brother in law, who's helped me since the beginning. He gave me the the sound mixer to start and everything. So he's he's always gonna be a podcast. He he made the music, um, and anytime I need something for this podcast or the Metro Parks podcast that I do, like he he helps me out, you know. And then um, just local business too, like Big Daddy Graphics helped me. Um, I was able with their with their. Um, sponsorship. I was a- able to buy a handheld recorder so I can go out and record. So that's how I did some of the sports sports podcasts I did. Um, and then the woman who did my logo. So so to me, like um, those those people will always. I always say at the at the end, like they helped me out. Oh, and, and Jackie Durr too. She made mm, she made yep. that, that banner and she made my business cards and stuff. So like um, f- to me, those would be at the end. I'll say thanks to them all the time. And I learned that from I don't know if you know who Chris Gethard is, but he has a podcast. He's a comedian. He has a podcast called Beautiful Anonymous, and at the end of every episode, he's he's been doing it for like I don't know five years or four years. He thanks all the people who helped him like from the beginning um, with music or whatever. Some people that aren't even there on the podcast anymore, but I like that part of it. Like they helped me at the beginning. They're always gonna. I'm always gonna say thanks at the end. Right. I've had um, I've had several people do things that have definitely helped the show progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did all the really basic, like, getting your podcast started things. Like, you, you know, you buy a $5 intro from Fiverr, that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I was able to have a professional radio host do an intro for 5 bucks. Yeah. I, it was worth it. it. It worked really well for the 35 episodes I used it for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess now with the Jack Bowie show, I guess it's going to be YouTube Music Library in my own voice. Yeah. You know, save some money there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a, a lot of people have, have helped out. I had um, somebody, a old soccer coach who actually was my brother's soccer coach, but, uh, you know, I got to know him pretty well. He has a show called Cincinnati Soccer Talk. They do really well. I think they're on, they might be in the thousands of episodes. Oh, I'm nice. not sure. Um, wow. But they've got, you know, thousands of subscribers, thousands of followers everywhere. Um, really, really good show, and he's helped me a ton. I ask him about microphone pro- um, questions, you mm-hmm. know, mixer questions, advertising questions, um, and he always, you know, gets back to me on Messenger within a day yeah and yeah he's helped a ton um his name is nick suberling uh they mentioned him in the newspaper article 
but you need people who have done it because podcasting's it's a whole different world. There's a lot of resources online, but it's not like uh, starting a YouTube channel. There's mm-hmm. not there's not that many resources, and it's really new. I mean, yeah. we just we just hit uh, like a million podcasts pretty recently. Oh, really? Um, on on Apple. Wow. So, you know, it's it's still very small. Mm-hmm. And if if you're gonna start, I'd say just start. Um, but it's not gonna be all you know. Uh, unicorns and rainbows <laughs> plug it into your phone and get started and you're gonna have a thousand views you know yeah. that that's not a thing yeah you could the easiest parts recording the podcast sitting yeah. there and talking mm-hmm. um the hardest part is getting it up getting people to listen to it but you you really have to have some motivation the thing i'm i'm horrible with is social media like i i'll i'll do the podcast and as soon as we're done um today's a little different but usually as soon as we're done recording i start editing and t- to me and editing on my podcast isn't that difficult it's just music up front Put the ads in, music in the back. You know, it's, yeah, that, that's what it is for me. Yeah, but but it's social media, man. I just I'm I'm so bad with it because that's like the last thing I want to worry about. The good thing is with Podbean is that I can post the episode and it automatically posts to Twitter and automatically posts to Facebook. Okay, so then I just got to share it on my personal page, but it posts to my to my uh, right. You can just retweet one. your po- yes. podcast thing. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. I I started for a while. I thought. Because everyone says you need to post like just little clips mm-hmm. and then link your episodes. So what I would do is every time something would happen in the episode, I'm like, this is good. I would just look at the timestamp. I, I was pretty good at remembering it, actually. Yeah. I would just look at the timestamp. I'm like, all right, 1134. And then later I'd go through 1134 and I'd take a 30-second clip, turn it to a square, and post it on Instagram. Yep. And, you know, I got some traction from there. Uh, people would listen to it there, but I hated doing that. <laughs> I mean, it worked, and it yeah. was good, and it was, wasn't hard, but I, it was just so frustrating. I would just have to go back and clip it and post it. So then I was just like, yo, Myra, you want to do it for me? And she did. So oh, nice. We, yeah, did, see, we did that for a while. Yeah, I did that too, and then I started doing putting captions on it. Okay. And that is when, like, it, it takes me, to do one of those, it probably takes me like half an hour. Oh, yeah, captions. Because I'm constantly going back and forth and typing it out. And it, yeah, it took a while. So, But they're really cool. I like them, and I right. like when other podcasts do them, you know. Yeah, and my podcast is uh, a little easier because it's video. Oh, so okay. I have more, you know, engagement. Like you can see me. I don't really need captions, mm-hmm. but um, I really do like when audio podcasts po- post the um, little sound waves with the with the caption. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and a little picture. That's and it, it definitely gets me to listen to some shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if it's something like, oh, that's crazy. That's a crazy little twenty second clip. <laughs> right. I was like, whoa. If the rest of the show is like this, yeah. it's going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I, uh, you know, you reached out to me. I've I've heard of your show before because mm-hmm. I've seen like posts and stuff. Um, I think a lot of, um, you know, just from someone out like an outsider, mm-hmm. I can tell you a lot of your traction definitely comes from, um, guests retweeting or no, yeah. re, re like p- putting their the thing on, on their story yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I think you had some cross country girls come on, um, and you had some, uh, I think you had Cade come on and mm-hmm. that traction, um, you know, people posting their own shows does very well. And, and that's I, how I heard about it. Yeah. And I, but I hate to be like, Hey, guy, can you, uh. Share that on your story. It just, right. it, it, yeah. You know, I, I'll let them know, like, hey, I'm going to post this tomorrow, and I'll tag you on all your stuff. And I, but I never say like, hey, can you share? It? I just let them know I'm going to tag you. Right. Um. But even I think even that helps. But it, it's I, w- I always feel weird. Like, uh, hey, can you can you share it? You know. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> uncomfortable. I'll text people. I'm like, I know you do a lot, but it'd really help if you could just like click the five star button in Apple, or <laughs> yeah, or if hit the four star if you need to. Just give me something. <laughs> um, but it helps a lot. Like. Yeah. Ratings are so hard to get. And, and, it is so hard to get someone oh, to sit down and type a paragraph on their phone. Yeah, and and 
it is just a thing. And I learned from my friend who who did a in November. He does Movember every year. Grows a mustache and he raises money for cancer. And uh, and this this past November he did really good. I'm like, dude, what was different this year? He goes, I just I I just texted people and say, hey, I'm doing this. Will you will you donate money? And it worked for me because he texted me and I donated money right away. He goes, I found I found that the easiest thing to do is just reach out to people directly. And if they say no, they say no. If they don't do it, that's fine. And I took that um, when I started doing asking people for interviews. Like, I'm going to ask everyone that I want to ask. Mm-hmm. And if they say no, they say no, that's fine. Um, but I'm going to be in charge of that. I want to see who who all I can get. And really, the only person that said no is Jordan Strack. Well, he didn't say no. He just hasn't replied. Oh, okay. Um, so I shouldn't say that. But he uh, he, he didn't reply. Um, but Ryan Wickman, the the meteorologist mm-hmm. who knows him, and he uh, he had a pretty good dig at him on, uh, when he was on here. Right. He was a really good guest, too. But, um, but yeah, just reaching out, just telling people. And maybe I should do that with social media, too. Like, hey, I'm going to tag you. Make sure you retweet it or put it in your story or whatever. Right. I, I noticed when you have a podcast, you got to be a little selfish. And it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But you, you have to... You're you're putting in a lot of effort, mm-hmm. so um, you know I don't want to say people owe you something, but like you know because nobody owes you anything. Yeah. But um, it definitely it, it doesn't hurt to you know ask someone for some help. Just say I you know I'd really appreciate it if you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, people know, I think they know you put a lot of time into it. I don't think they know how much time because it's a lot. Yeah. But um, I I was very hesitant to ask people for interviews. Um, I I just didn't want to do it. I'm like I'll ask some friends. Maybe my friends know people. Yeah. And like that doesn't happen. So. You know, I think my mo- mother was like, just ask somebody. Yeah. So I, I asked three people in just a couple of weeks, and they all said yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not going to happen always. I've had multiple people just not reach out to me or, you know, not some, you know, get back at me. But I had three guests who I would not have had had I not just sent yeah. a quick email. Yeah. It took five minutes at the end of one of my classes, <laughs> just sent an email to all of them. And, you know, I got three guests on my show, uh, you know, an extra 500, 600 listens. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just you just gotta ask. People yeah. are people are gonna say yes. Yeah. Because everyone likes to talk about themselves, I think. You know, that's so funny to say that I say that all the time because when, when I do my other podcast, when we reach out to people and when they're when we're about to do it, they go, Why do people wanna why do people wanna listen to me? And I don't have anything to talk about. And I tell everyone the same thing. Everybody likes to talk about themselves, they just don't know that. Right. And once they sit down and we ask some questions or I'm you know, I'm talking to you or whoever. They love to. I don't think it's. it's they like to hear. <clears throat> they like to hear themselves talk. It's like they're like, oh, no one's ever asked me mm-hmm. um, my jobs, or no one's ever asked me where I lived, and and it's fun to talk about it. I mean, it's fun. Like if, if you know, I want to know more about your sports and stuff too. But it's fun to to ask those questions and the and for because you know who who asks you about tennis on a regular basis or you know, who asks you about yeah. cross country right. you know cuz no one does that no they just want to know I, I guarantee you all the time hey how's school going um how's how's your parents and then that's pretty much it right. you know and the people who uh who I talk to like my friends mm-hmm. play soccer and tennis mm-hmm. so they're not going to ask me you know how's yeah. tennis going how's soccer yeah. going so <laughs> those questions are it's it's fun to talk about that stuff you mm-hmm. know i i think so, I think my mom asked me if I was nervous about doing this interview. And I'm like, no, I know all the answers to the questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the answers. That's what I always tell people right. too. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, difficult. Um, <laughs> especially, you know, this type of show. It's, yeah. it's not like I'm being, you know, grilled by somebody about my political beliefs. It's, yeah. You know, it's pretty straightforward talking about yourself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely fun. I think mm. people enjoy coming on the show um, to talk about their own beliefs, political beliefs for me. Yeah. If people 
are comfortable talking about them. You know, and if they're not, I'm totally fine with that. You know, I have people who I'm like, do you want to come on the show? And they're like, I don't really want to, you know, express myself in that way. I'm like, do you just want to call in and ask a question? And they're like, sure. Oh, you know? okay, yeah. Um, if somebody wants to be involved, I give them, you know, the option to either come on and, you know, be really aggressive and mm-hmm. show everything. Or I just say, you can call in and ask a question. You can, you know, post an anonymous comment and I'll respond. You know, just anything to get people involved uh, helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's difficult getting people to, you know, express themselves. I think about it all the time. I'm like, is this, am I doing myself a good thing here by doing the show? Yeah. And I think by doing the show, I a hundred percent am. I think it's going to help me in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it really can't hurt me. The only thing that might hurt me is, you know, I'm pretty outspoken. Yeah. I'm very opinionated and the Jack Bowie show is going to be a little different. Um, it's going to be more of the people on my show expressing their beliefs and me reporting news. That's okay. more what it's going to be like. And I found that when I did episodes like that, I enjoyed it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll kind of explain it. There's When you're talking about political commentary, political podcasts, there's two sides. There's, like, the uh, just reporting, news reporting, mm-hmm. um, pretty straightforward, not a whole lot of commentary. And that's, like, you know, up first by NPR, you know, it's just a 15-minute news show in the morning. Then on the other side, you've got... Uh, the opposite of news reporting and it's more entertainment yeah and uh that would be like you know louder with crowder he knows he's an entertainment show you know it's a political show but it's completely entertainment Mm -hmm. i was somewhere in the middle there i was you know reporting the truth to the best of my ability but i was it was definitely commentary i was being very outspoken very opinionated and i kind of want to dial it back more to the news reporting side um because you know we, we posted a lot of stuff about my interviews and about the newspaper article and a lot of the comments were like, um, we really need more young voices to be, um, you know, more straightforward, more, you know, we need less of the current political commentary, you know, the pundits and everything that yeah. we've got. Um, and I thought about it, and I, I definitely agreed. It needs to be more um, more honest mm-hmm. and more straightforward and more calm. And my guests can say whatever they want. You know, they can have their beliefs, but I think it's better if I'm a little more quiet about mine. Well, and I think um, I had a friend who that I used to work with and, and I would make posts, political posts or whatever. And he goes, he goes, aren't you afraid that like sometimes that'll prevent you from like getting a job or, right, or, right. or, uh, be, be getting this other coaching position or whatever. And I told him, I go, if, if that prevents me from, from getting something, then I probably didn't want to get, be with that person. That's, that's what I say. Yeah. Or, or they already didn't like me to begin with. Then, it, then that doesn't matter. You know, and the stuff I post is never horrible. I never cuss. You know, I never, yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. It's just what I believe. And like, again, if, if, if I don't get a job or I get fired because of that post, well, then I don't think I was wrong in that. Right. You know? My, um, my show is completely family friendly, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's never an explicit little thing next to my yeah. show because I keep it very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I want this show to benefit me as much as it can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if that is, you know, very true, if somebody's going to, not like me because of something I, I post, then maybe I don't want them to like me. Yeah. If I'm posting things that are hurtful, harmful, and I don't get a job, then I was probably just wrong. But the yes. things I post are not usually harmful. Um, you know, I was a little nervous actually to post. Um, you know, I just reposted on my story uh, the news story from CNN about Derek Chauvin being found guilty on all counts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is somebody going to look at that and not like that I posted that? And I'm like, no. 
they shouldn't because, you know, I posted that. I posted, um, you know, I didn't even give an opinion. I just reposted something that happened. Yeah. I was um, saying it's just news. Right. It's just news. It's, I didn't, it, it doesn't say like, you know, Derek Chauvin's a monster. It just yeah. said Derek Chauvin found guilty on all counts. So those type of things, I don't have any problem posting. The, the things I do have problems posting are, you know, if, if some far left, you know, pundit posts something, um, you know, hurtful, harmful to the other side, I'm not going to repost that because even I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it, it's and it's always something you, you have to think about, you know, because of how social media is. Um, it, it's used as a tool for biz, for businesses when they're looking to hire somebody, they'll look at their social media and mm-hmm. see what this person's up to. And that might not be the reason you get it, but that might be one of the reasons. And, and then they just say, hey, you're not get a job or whatever, you know. So it's, it is important to think about it. And I'm glad you think about it, too, because right. it's, it shouldn't, it's not something that should be taken lightly. Right. And I'm, a, I'm very outspoken online. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always have been. This shows, um, you know, very many people know about this show. So, you know, I kind of express myself on the show as just this outspoken political commentator. And that's... I kind of want to show that that's not exactly what I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, a student. I play tennis. I play soccer. I, you know, have this life. But on the show, I, I felt after, you know, a bunch of episodes, I thought about it, I'm like, I almost feel like I'm playing a character. Oh, and I okay. don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to be, um, you know, I don't want to pretend to be like this, you know, far left Rush Limbaugh. That's, I don't want to. That's good self-awareness on your part, right. though, to realize that. Yeah. And I, I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew I wanted to be um, more of you know, a news reporter. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'm not going to be completely unbiased. That's, you know, very hard to ask of somebody. That's the, yeah, that's like, you know, every news anchor has their own opinion. And if you don't, then, you know, kudos, you're very good at what you do. <laughs> but like, even people who are not incredibly um, inflammatory, like, you know, Anderson Cooper, he's he's opinionated. Mm-hmm. He has his own opinions. So I would rather be an Anderson Cooper than a Rush Limbaugh, yeah. you know, and be more, not quiet, but less um, loud, okay. I guess. All right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we, uh, we talked for 45 minutes already and I, but I wouldn't, I, um, I want to talk about your sports and stuff okay. you do. Right. So you, you said you play soccer. Um, is that something you still, you still do? Cause you also have a cross country shirt and they run in the same, they do the same season. Right. So, so I ran cross country for one year, actually. I ran oh, okay. it in eighth grade. Okay. So that, that was all I did. Um, we did very good. We yeah. did not lose a single meet. We got first place every single time until States and then we got second. Um, and who, and who and who coaches that? Uh, that was uh, uh, Mr. Ferguson. Okay, yep. Um, right. And yeah, so he coached that, and um, I actually designed the hoodies that I wear. Oh, nice! That I'm wearing, um, and that that was fun. Yeah. But we had a we had a great season, and it was a great group of guys. It was a great experience. Um, the coaches were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we did we did very good, and it was uh it was kind of funny when we you know get to the finish line. You get, you know, cross country scoring is typically. Uh, you get it's the just, amount of points for your place. So okay, first place yeah. gets one point. You want to have the lowest score. So when there is five, the perfect. So when top five uh, are all Perrysburg. Yeah. That was we got a fifteen, and that was our the you know that's the high, that's, that's the lowest the, you can the, get. Right? Yeah, that was a perfect score. We did yeah. that multiple times. We that's swept awesome. top five, and that was a very <laughs> exciting season. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that's cool. But but then you once you get in high school, you didn't want to do it anymore, and you decided to because do soccer. of soccer. Yeah, I've played soccer my entire life. Okay, all right, and it's always been my thing. And soccer's my whole life. I ref soccer. I've um, oh, wow. I've been an assistant coach for little kids soccer. I've played soccer my whole life. Um, you know, I'm going to ref soccer tonight at the dome. Makes makes pretty good money. I, I used what. to I used to umpire travel baseball. And so yeah, the reason it makes good money is because 
they have to pay you a lot to come out to do one game. Yeah. You know, if you're going to work at, you know, McDonald's or Target, they you're coming out there for eight hours, so they don't have to pay you as much. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's not worth $8 an hour to go out and ref. So you yeah. make good money doing that. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a lot of fun. Yep. And it's definitely easier when you're a soccer player or, you know, when you've played baseball. Yeah. So, you know, I do that. I've played soccer my whole life. I, I loved high school soccer. It was such a great experience. Um, you know, I'm really hoping to, you know, make higher team next year mm-hmm. and just continue playing soccer. I'd love to, you know, letter in soccer, hopefully junior, senior year, stuff like that. Yeah. What position do you play? Uh, I was a uh, striker. Okay. I, um, I forget the formation we played. I think I was a right forward. Okay. Um, and I, I've been pretty much up there the whole my whole life. I like to score, you know, yeah. as, as one does in soccer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was always, I was out either goalie or defense. Okay. I never. Yeah, I played goalie never. for a year and I cried a lot. So <laughs> we're not going back to that. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I remember, I remember in, I think I was in fifth grade and yeah. it was, it was our championship game and it went to penalty kicks. Oh no. And we lost. <laughs> and I was, that was it, man. I think it was yep. two years in a row that happened. And I was like, Ugh, I got, I got to play defense. I yeah, can't do this. We had like a negative 15 goal differential <laughs> at, a, at a tournament. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. So that I was on the, uh, the forward end where I could, instead of crying, cause I let up a bunch of goals, I could yell at the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you yeah. think you'd have a little bit of empathy because you used to play that position. Yeah, yeah, or I definitely, that... I definitely do. Okay, but um, <laughs> and as a ref too, I have yeah. a lot. I don't yell at refs as much as I used to. Oh, definitely. Now that I'm a ref, yeah, because you know I had a game yesterday, and uh, especially when the team's up three zero and you're getting yelled at by them, and I'm like, come on, yeah, come on, I, I really? never understand. Yeah, that. I don't, I don't get that. But you know, I, I used to do that, and now I, now I kind of understand. I still give them a little bit of heck when they yeah. deserve it. Yeah, but. I I never uh, now I understand. Yeah. It, it's hard, um, and I um, I've been an assistant referee because it's the easiest because you kind of pass it off to your ref. It's like okay. it's his fault, right? right? And the ref tells you to do that. If they're yelling at you, just tell them it was me. Oh, okay. Um, and you know sometimes you'll show up for a game and nobody else shows up, and you're yeah. like, um, okay, <laughs> that's scary. Yeah. When you're when you're in the center there, you're all alone and. You, you're not going to make every call right. There's no way. You can't be everywhere. Right. That's why they have assistants. You, right. You can't, you can't be everywhere. Yeah. Um, and also, you learn parents are always right, by the way. Yeah. They all, no matter what. <laughs> so if you make a call and the parents yell at you, just change it because they're always right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I enjoy doing that. Um, and the, the community and soccer officiating is very fun. That's cool. And yeah. It's, it's a great you know, group of people. That's how I always liked when I did travel baseball, is uh, I did it out. Um, our organization is through BG at Carter Park, but we yeah. did everywhere, you know. And but when you get to go to Carter Park, because that's the main hub, and there's a tournament, and you can go to umpire's room and just talk shop, or yep. or at Carter Park, there's one the there's a building that there's an overlook that you can see one of the fields. Mm-hmm. So at the like if it's a championship game, there'll be a bunch of umpires that are done working, but like are watching this this championship game and talking about it and stuff. It's it's fun and it's it's cool to share stories on like what happened or this crazy parent or this coach that didn't know the rules or oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know? And I think next Sunday I'm gonna have a former travel umpire on. Um, he's a, he calls the he's he works for um what what school is that? I just talked about it with Scott Buecher last week. I can't remember. Anyway, he works for a school. He he does play by play for all their sports. But I want to ask him about some of his crazy stories because there is there is uh, crazy parents and coaches out there everywhere. Oh yeah, and <laughs> I'll tell you what. I thought coaches would be the worst. Not at oh. all. Usually, when you've got bad parents, not bad parents, but let's say passionate parents. Yes. When you've got yeah. passionate parents, the coaches are usually very relaxed. Yeah. Um, and that's because coaches usually know the rules. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, parents are not wrong about the call. 
but they don't know the rules. And sometimes they'll yell at me. I'm like, if that was the rule, you'd be right. Yeah. But that's not the rule. <laughs> um, you know, I, I in always, your mind, you are right. Actually, you're yeah. not just yelling at me to yell at me. But you know, you, you just don't know the rules. Coaches are usually easier. I always find it best for baseball. I don't know if you can do this in in soccer as much, but for little league baseball, I would I was like I would go up to a coach if there's an issue with the parent. I go up to the coach and tell him, "Hey, can you go talk to your parent? Because if this if this keeps happening, I'm gonna throw." The parent out, and you're gonna have to go too. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep. so I always leave it up to them to deal with it. Oh yeah, we we do that too. The ref will, um, and usually the ref doesn't like to single out a single parent. They'll usually talk to everybody first, mm-hmm. and they'll come over and they'll they'll just stop the game. They'll come over and say, um, you, you need to cut it out. You know this, and usually we're at, they tend to be very respectful. Um, and if they have to yell at players as well, they're mm-hmm. like, you are very talented players. You don't need to be doing this. Let's yeah. go out there and have a clean game. They say it's similar stuff to the parents too, and usually it stops. Every once in a while, you got to throw out a parent, and um, it, it's not um, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Usually, you don't have parents storm in the f- storm in the field. Usually, when they get tossed, they're like, "Okay, yeah," you know, when they give you the heave ho. Yeah, it's it's usually pretty relaxed. <laughs> yeah, um, and that that doesn't happen much. There, I've never had a game where I haven't gotten yelled at by somebody, mm-hmm. but it's it's never over the top. And assistant referees have a you know good relationship with their referee usually. Um, if something goes on, we just pop our flag up and stand there for a while. The ref will come over and talk to you, and you'll tell them what's up. And it's it's really easy. Yeah, yeah. It's just really relaxed. Yeah, if you find if you find good people to work with and they know what they're doing mm-hmm. as, as far as the other assistant or the ref or something, it, it makes it a lot easier to to know going into this game like, oh, this is gonna be good. Whatever happens, I know we'll handle it okay. And when I was a new ref, um, the the referees were just so good to yeah. their assistants. Yeah. Um. I'll, and I I was always very honest. I'm like I'm very new, and I'm I'll tell you what I'm gonna make mistakes. And I've never had a ref yell at an assistant for a mistake. Mm-hmm. Because if an assistant makes a mistake, the ref's going to go with it. Yes. And, and they're, we're a team, yep. and we never disagree. If a ref, if I make a call and the ref corrects it, I'm on his side. I'm, you never disagree with mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you know what happened, usually only one person out there knows what happened, like yeah. perfectly. So if, if, you're, um, you know, if you're aggressive in your convictions, you, you move as a team and you, you make the call. Um, and, and you just move past it. People forget, people forget about it pretty soon. Yeah, there's other things to yell about. Yeah, right oh, away. yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll make worse calls later, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you're also involved in tennis. Right. Um, I played tennis uh, this year. This is my first year ever oh, playing. Oh, so you've never played? I have never. This year. Oh, really wow. never played. So what, what got your interest? Uh, my dad started playing. Okay. Uh, this, this summer, he said he wanted to start playing tennis. Um, he's, he played in high school. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't play in high school. He played in college. They, he went to Tiffin, and they didn't have um, really a tennis team, and they started a tennis team, and they're like, we don't have players. Do you want to play? And he's like, sure. Wow. Yeah. So he goes out there, and he plays. He plays. I think he played four years in t- of tennis. That's and, awesome. And he started taking it up again, and he loves it. Yeah. And he just told me one day, he's like, I think you should try out for the tennis team. Yeah. He's like, I don't think they really cut players. So I went out there. I'm like, I'm going to try out. Why not? It's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, we had our Zoom meeting, and they're like, well, because of COVID, we have to cut players. I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm like, I played for a week. <laughs> so I'm like, tryouts are in a month. What are we going to do? And he's like, well, you're going to go to the you know team open practices, and we're going to go every single day I'm off school. And that was during hybrid. So I had oh, many okay. days off. Yeah. I got private lessons. I went with my dad almost I went with my dad every single day I was off and weekends. Yeah. And we played. Um, and we, you know, we, we invested a lot of time and money into it, and it, you know, it paid off. I was yeah. able to make the team. We had a great season. It was very fun. Um, and, you know, it, it just ended for JV, at least. Okay. Um, varsity has still got some, you know, tournaments, state tournaments, district league, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, coming up, I think, this week we got some stuff. But um, it was a great experience, and it's a great group of people. We had, a you know, a great team. We did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I had a lot of fun my first season playing. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad I did it. So, so uh, you're, just, you're just about to finish your freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you looking forward to, or what are your plans for the rest of high school? Well, I'm really looking forward to just next school year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This school year, I, I enjoyed. I, I had a busy year, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that. I did a lot. But next year, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have homecoming back. We're going to have football games back. We're going to have everything back that we can um, enjoy as you know, Yellow Jackets. And that's we, that we've been missing that for a year. Yeah. You, you look forward to high school. They're supposed to be the best four years of your life. And I think this year um, has been the worst year of everybody's life because you know we we it's been very bad. Yeah. Um, but we've got three years, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I look forward to continuing my show. I re- I really hope I can continue. Mm-hmm. Um, it it. it it definitely changed a lot, uh, um, you know, in my life. I've gotten to do a lot of things, meet a lot of people that I never would have done. You know, I've gotten invitations to do certain things that I'm going to announce on my show that, you know, just out of this world. Just couldn't believe That's it. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, you know, all my sports. But, yeah, I, th- I think we're gonna have a, I'm going to have a nice three years coming up. That's awesome. Well, Jack, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, Congratulations on your success and and good luck in the future with those things you just talked about. Um, I'm glad that podcasting is working out. It's something I love to do and I love helping people when they want to start podcasts. So it's cool to see someone um, so young that's passionate about it and passionate about the content they put out. And uh, it's it's paying off for you. It sounds like so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank, th- thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Thanks again to my guest Jack Bowie for being on the podcast today. Check out his podcast, The Jack Bowie Show. Um, I think you can find it pretty much anywhere. Uh, he it's it's so great to hear such a young kid be so passionate about something, um, wanting to do his podcast and um, just go out all out there with his opinions and the people he brings on are great. Um, so so give that podcast a listen, check them out. As always, I'd like to thank Real JP Multimedia, Cuttlefish Graphics, Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab, and Big Daddy Graphics helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.